This is Jennifer Pepita with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, by popular request, I'm so excited to be talking to Sally Clarkson. Sally's the author of many books for moms, including Awaking Wonder and The Life-Giving Home. She's been a mentor. She was a mentor to me through her books. When I was raising my older children, I I got to meet you at a conference, I think in 2010, so a little while ago. (laughs) And then then obviously, we've been friends to the Wild and Free community. So it's such a joy to get to have Sally on the podcast today to share her wisdom with all of you. Thank you for joining me, Sally. I love being with you. We've been together before on podcasts. You're always fun to be with. Yes. And oh, I've had some very sweet memories with you at Wild and Free Conferences. There's nothing quite as fun as a Wild and Free Conference. So (laughs) So true. So true. Um, And so I wanted to talk because it's the beginning. This is going to air in January. So it'll come out in the beginning of the year. And uh, right now, you know, there's a lot of like holly jolly because Christmas is coming, but it's also an election year, which typically, especially in today's culture, is just so rife with conflict. And there's been a lot of distressing news, like, you know, war in the world and um, the stock market crazy and the interest rates crazy and inflation crazy. And so I think there's a lot of moms who are just a little scared. They're like, how am I going to raise my children with all this crazy all around me? But Sally, you've You've been alive for a while. You've lived through crazy times before, (laughs) and you have just a sense of peace about you that I feel like moms could learn from. What would you say to these moms right now who are scared of raising their kids in this climate? Oh, there's so many things I would say. First of all, I think that cultivating, nurturing, watering the whole area of hope and choosing hope is so important for us as moms in our home, because um, I think that there's always hope with the Lord. There's always foundational um, stability with the Lord. But I've thought a lot about this lately. Um, I used to live in Eastern Europe when it was communist. And what that meant for us was there wasn't always a lot of food. You know, you couldn't get fresh food except in the summer if the farmers came into town with their food. But you could always get bread, sometimes cheese. And, um, you know, there were... uh, secret police who would show up at our door and there we didn't have the materialism we didn't have things we didn't have stability or security to depend on we just every day was uh, a question mark and i think that sometimes maybe as believers especially in the um, in this part of the world we've depended so much on what we think are necessary pleasures and necessary things and necessary stability and security that sometimes we don't really exercise our muscle of faith. And, um, and when I look back on that time, I realized that it was a training grounds for me to realize that, um, that it is a broken world. We could see that all around us. Uh, we can see it all around us now. And yet Jesus has redeemed it and he's redeemed us and he is good and he is faithful. And um, so I think that uh, it's so important to know that faith and hope um, don't just happen. They have to be watered. They have to be nurtured. They have to, they have to be practiced. 
in order for us to experience that kind of faith. And I'll give you some things in a minute that are ways, I think, to do that. Yeah, I love that because the, you know, this podcast series is partly connected to the book that I wrote called Habits for a Sacred Home. It'll be out in the spring. And the concept there is that Benedict lived through the dark ages and he he experienced the presence of God and then he created a rule of life and that rule of life helped him to stay steady yes. during these hard times. And I'd love to hear like what were some of the daily spiritual practices even that you that kept you going through that, but then also kept you going through the chaos of motherhood because so many moms, even if they're not scared of the outside world, they're like, will I ever potty train my child or will my child stop being yeah, defiant? Or will, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of in, inner chaos in our homes that we're trying to muddle through as well. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that fear and dread of what's happening in the world, as well as doubt in God is perfectly normal. Um, I feel like we are being tempted, challenged, pushed every single day. And um, I think a lot of times women uh, have a lot of self-doubt and shame or insecurity for what they're feeling, what they're going through. And um, that is, that's just so normal. I mean, I, I look back and it, it wasn't that I never had those feelings. It was that I had planted a flag and said, from this point forward, I'm going to choose to believe in God's goodness. I'm going to practice faith. I'm going to be thankful. So I just want everybody to know that's pretty normal. Um, but the second thing is, I, I wanted to read this. I, I told you I was getting a little, I have these, I don't know what to call them. They're pretty little um, framed quotes all the way through my house. And this is one of my favorites. It's, it's called Sanctuary. Sanctuary is a sacred place a protected place, a place of beauty, a refuge worthy of reverence and respect, a comfort that denotes holiness. And I think it's so important for us um, to kind of develop sanctuary. Sanctuary is a protected place where no one else can go. It's what it's what is, I, I call my home a sanctuary for my children, and I try to make it um, for away from the world a place where they will find hope and beauty and truth and um, that they'll see virtue, they'll find love, they'll find stability. Um, but we can't establish what we haven't ourselves. Um, you know, I love the rule of life because if you don't, if you aren't able to verbalize or understand what you want to accomplish, then you'll never be able to do it. And um, so I think first of all is having time away with a journal and saying, you know, what do I want my life and my home to be? I want it to be sanctuary for other people. I want it to be uh, a place of peace. And then clearly writing out a statement like that helps. And then next saying, what do I need to do to get to that point? Where am I missing out? And I I think that um, spiritual fellowship with like-minded people is so important. I think that a lone ranger mama in her own home without spiritual support or encouragement um, or without input is, is just a target for Satan um, of discouragement of um, what, why does it matter? Oh, I'll never make it. Oh, these kids drive me nuts or my marriage or whatever. And so I think writing out your goals and then finding regular spiritual people to meet with. Um, I'm not doing this in any order. Of course, for me, you, um, I have to really cultivate being in the word of God. It's his voice to me. Um, you know, I'm a refuge and a strength, a very present help in times of trouble. 
um, do not be anxious for anything. There's so many verses that when I, when I read them, I remember, oh yeah, I remember who Jesus is. Um, I think that I've been convicted lately of prayer that um, God cares deeply that we give him our desires, our goals, that he prays for us. And also the whole area, I could go talk about this forever, but rest and um, exercise, taking care of yourself so that you will have strength to take care of other people. I want to know what all of your principles are because I think we probably agree on so many areas. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that you mentioned even the physical aspect because I think, especially in the early years of mothering, a lot of our mental illness can be physically related to some degree. Like the pressures of it are so intense. And if you're sleep, if you're not getting enough sleep and you're not eating well and you're not taking vitamins, then, then you could start to be a little bit erratic in your emotions. Whereas if you, you know, because I feel like we are body, soul, and spirit. And so sometimes it seems like some people will overemphasize spiritual growth and underemphasize taking care of your body and vice versa. And I, I'm so happy, Sally, that you mentioned all of it because we need that balanced life to be able to navigate raising our kids, not to mention raising our kids in a chaotic world. Right. It's so true. And, um, you know, I think that it's ultimately at the very bottom of it all is faith. Faith is the, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Really worked on that area of conviction in the past years that when um, I've got a couple of areas of prayer right now that I'm kind of like, okay, God, answer my prayers. <laughs> um, you know, the, the things that I, I feel I've been praying about forever, and I really believe he wants me to pray about it, and I want him to answer my prayers. But um, there is this part of us inside that no one else sees. And that's where we wrangle with our troubles, our fears, our insecurities, our hatred, or our anger, or whatever whatever flies through our heart. And I've realized that to determine to move in the direction of God's goodness, to determine to say, I don't understand, but I will trust you. Remember when Daniel was in the lion's den and he said, though you slay me, yet will I love you. And um, there is a strength and a determination in some women that will carry them through the dark times. And it's real important that you guard your heart, that you guard your thoughts, that you guard, uh, that you kind of monitor them and say, why am I being angry or grumpy today? And you look in your heart and go, what's going on there? Because the strength of your heart is what determines um, the focus of your actions. And so you write out your goals, but then you also need to cultivate, practice, exercise faith all the time um, in ways that cause you to act in a different way than you would if you were just going to give in to the fear of the world. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the heart too, Sally, because one of the, the teachings I heard recently, he talked about how under our actions and words are often fears or even core beliefs that manipulate us to some degree, like maybe right. your parents divorced when you were a child. And so you have this issue of abandonment in your life and everything your husband does makes you feel like he's on, on his way out. And so then you start acting in ways that are fearful and kind of erratic instead of with hope. And when we can start to like examine our hearts a little bit and, and not just, there was a time when we were missionaries in Mexico where I basically, any thought I had, I thought was reality. Like if I thought my husband didn't love me and wasn't going to take care of us, I thought that was true. I didn't realize that 
we have an enemy who goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and that that he was also talking to me and once i started to realize wow every thought i have and every emotion i feel isn't necessarily my friend and isn't necessarily out for my good and mm-hmm. can start to examine those it really helped me as a mother to be more steady and mm-hmm. partly it's examples like you who have been steady through, you know, through the ages, through thick and thin, have stayed with the same message. Because I think, you know, it it can be so disappointing when you see spiritual leaders make ungodly choices to think, oh, maybe none of it matters anyhow. And yet you have stayed steady and I just honor you for it. You're so sweet. Well, I think you're getting to what I really am talking about. I realized that, um, when I said I planted a flag there many years ago, um, I'm kind of a doubter by heart. I mean, by that, I question everything. I want to know the answers to everything. I think about everything. And I finally, the Lord convicted me one day that you need to plant a flag and always look back on that flag, so to speak, and say, from this point, I will choose to believe and not entertain all of those thoughts and not give them equal weight and not give them um, a place in my heart that's going to bring darkness to my heart. Yes, there's darkness. We move in the direction of the light of Christ. Um, Yes, there are temptations. Yes, we're weary, um, but we move in the direction of restoring and determining and practicing being strong. So it is. A lot of what goes on in our external lives starts out in our heart. Over 800 times in Scripture, it talks about the heart. Yeah, so good. Uh, You know, a lot of moms, and and I think sometimes even people as they get older— they get a little bit over-informed. Like I, I podcasted with Stephen Lawson who created the Monk Manual and he said he really doesn't pay a lot of attention to the news if it's not something he can control because it does cause a little bit of anxiety. How do you balance knowing what's going on enough to kind of guide your family wisely or, but also not being so over-informed that you, you do become anxious or even I think some moms get a little bit crippled even by the, um, the news of the world. I think that, um, it's a, that we're living in such a unique time that we can have in 30 seconds what just a bomb that exploded somewhere else, you know. Um, and I, I think that God never intended us. To, we're, we're responsible for our lives, not for the whole world. Um, we're responsible for the moment in our lives. And I think that... Um, you know, there, there's this whole term compassion fatigue. Well, I think there's, um, you know, we, we become fatigued because there's no way I can possibly give to every organization, write letters to every single person, be responsible for everything. And God did not, we are his children. He is responsible for the world, not us. I'm not even responsible for people. I'm, um, I, you know, they're, they're part of my stewardship, but I have no control over what my children are going to think, do, what my husband is, what anybody is, you know, I, I can cultivate and, and love and, and, and invest in them. But I think that a beginning point is realizing we cannot possibly be responsible for the whole world. The other thing that I learned a lot of about many years ago, but um, is the news is biased. Every single news is biased. I had um, in Poland when um, it began to become a free country, the Russian tanks drove into the city, just, and there was just three or four, and it was all around the American embassy, and it wasn't a big deal because there were a lot of American embassy soldiers around it. When I got home to the States for Christmas, the news photography had focused in on those tanks 
and it made it look like there were hundreds. And it said there's a revolution going on in Poland today. And I thought, what? I was just there yesterday. And um, I think that's another thing women and, or people need to know. Don't believe everything you see or hear. And, and you don't want to fill your mind with conspiracies or difficulties or things that are happening that may or may not be true. Um, you know, we all are looking at what one person decided was the most important thing, but it certainly isn't the whole picture. So it's kind of a vain, um, I think it's a vain investment to give news more import in your life than it should have. That's so good. Oh, it's so good. And especially, I love that you talk about control because yeah, we're, we're God's children. And I think that a lot of you know, younger moms have been sort of cultivated with this idea that they have to do something to save the world. Like if they don't do something, then right. the environment's going to burn down or all the children in Palestine are going to die. Or, you know, there's, there's these really big things that women are being asked to carry these big causes. And we don't want our children to carry them. Either. No, we don't no. want to carry them so that we burden our children. Right. And as believers, obviously, we have to love our neighbor as ourselves and, you know, make disciples of all nations. So there are things that we're called to, but we're not called to control. And we're not called to to do everything everywhere. We aren't God. We aren't omnipresent. Right. And so I think, you know, really, if we can start to like, yeah, affect, especially in the, in the days when you have small children, you're my, you need to be all there. Like you're, mm -hmm. you don't have the mental energy to worry about what's going on around the world and your own family. There will and be, it a, can time, be a distraction. Yeah, absolutely. It can be so, de so devastating. And I think make it really hard to have any hope to parent well, if you're mm -hmm. focusing on that. And I love um, Psalm 37, and then you quoted Psalm 46, you know, the yet a little while and the wicked will be no more. You'll look for his place and it will not be, but the meek will inherit the earth. And so I think as we just continue, you know, doing what God puts before us each day, whether that's cooking for our children or singing to them or love taking cookies to a neighbor or whatever it is to love those in your circle, I think we we will just steady on through this. Mm -hmm. What would you, what would you say to those moms who are like, you know, I'm just, I mean, what even would be the first step for those moms who are just so up in their head that they really can't be present and connect with their children? I think that they need to backpedal and change their lives. Um, I want to make it just a really quick point here. Of course, I think we have areas that we should be compassionate in and sympathetic in, you know, we, we kind of had a special heart for the homeless. Um, in our family. And then we had a special heart for communist countries because we lived there. So we made the limited things that we did in the areas that pertain to our story. So I'm not saying don't be compassionate or give, but you can't do everything. I think that it's so important. I think you'd probably agree with this. Sometimes if you look back on having little kids, sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's, it's very dutiful. You know, you're changing a diaper, you're cleaning up a mess. You're saying, no, don't do that. Look at my eyes. You may not talk that way. You may not, you know, and and yet those are such important years. I, I've been with my grandchildren lately in Oxford, and it's so dear to me to have a moment to speak into their lives and to kiss them and to love them and to say, you are so precious to me and you will always be precious to God. Um, I think it's reading books or being with people who cause you to be your better self, who cause you to have a better vision for your life and eliminating the people or the things in your life that steal from you that bring darkness, that bring discouragement. 
Um, but also know that the years of your little ones are going to pass so quickly and they are so important. Um, it may not seem important because nobody in the world is noticing you, but your children will, as you know, rise up to say, I remember when you always said this. I remember when you tucked us in bed at night and kissed us and loved us. I remember when you blah, 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 blah. So I think always keeping in mind, re-envisioning, re-restoring with people who are godly and exciting and, and real. And, you know, be sure that you are monitoring who you're feeding your soul with um, because you, you just need that encouragement. And be sure to get out and do things. Have a friend. Go places. Take care of yourself. You need a break once in a while so that you can come home and restore and give life to your family. Yeah, that's so good, Sally. And, you know, one of the things that's really marvelous that people love, last question, um, people adore about your family <laughs> is the way you're such good friends. You're so connected. And I, I've read a lot of studies about how connection is way more important than academics in terms of outcome, in terms of how your children were t will turn out um, as far as their emotional maturity and, and so many areas. What do you think is one of the things that really helped you stay connected to your children, even, even in the early years, even when you're trying to homeschool them, et cetera? Um, I think that building a legacy of words is very important, um, and, and really monitoring that your words are positive, life-giving, encouraging, affirming. Um, we're real into accepting the context of our children. We have two introverts, two extroverts. They are so different. They all dress differently now. They uh, you know, do different things. But the thing that's in common is the love that we shared, the meals that we shared. Um, I think, gosh, I could go on and forever. I should write a book about being friends with your children. But um, I think accepting your children for who they are, not requiring them to be cookie cutter, um, not putting pressure on them to become something that they'll never be. Um, there's so much uh, pressure in the world to do um, exactly what someone else has done or to get all the right curriculum or have all the right experiences. And we just really um, made our relationship with each other the central piece spending time together, enjoying one another, verbalize. We, you know, we had a life-giving table where we talked, 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 eating, um, you know, having traditions. I think, um, I don't know. I, I, there's so much more I could say and I'm saying too much. <laughs> no, it's amazing. We're, we're just so grateful for your example and your faithfulness. Is there any project that you'd especially love people to support right now? Oh, I do have a book that I'm excited about that <laughs> I've got to actually won't tell you how many books I have coming out. But um, I did finish a book recently, writing it, and it'll come out next year, about Oxford. It was oh. my, um, it was my um, just reflections on Oxford and the things I've learned. And um, a wonderful team of photographers and people came over to take pictures of my favorite places and places where I lived and places where I walked and studied. And um, so I think it'll be a wonderfully encouraging, a different kind of book. So eventually, pay attention to that. The only other thing I just want to add, parents write me all the time about relationship with their older kids. There comes a point where you have to release your older kids to become who they were made to be, who they think they were made to be, and you support them. You call them. You bribe them. You do whatever you need to do to stay close, to love them. And you give up your expectations of what, when they were little kids, you thought life was supposed to be and realize that they have inherited a different world. But love, 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 
beginning, ending, uh, middle. (laughs) Yeah, that's so encouraging, Sally. And I love you also talked about releasing control earlier. And I think both of those are so important when staying in good relationship with older children, because, you know, even just thinking about how we want our parents to treat us or we wanted them to raising young children. So we definitely didn't want them to think that they could control us. (laughs) And I think that parents who think they can control adult children are probably in for heartache. So. Going down a vein road, yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Sally. This has been so encouraging. I'm really excited for families to be able to listen to this and get so much hope for the year as they're raising their children for the Lord. Oh, I love what you do. I love your heart. Thank you for having me today. 